Hi, and welcome back to Be The Victor. Thanks for joining me today. We're gonna talk about today is low back pain. Now, um, if you have a chance, uh, you should get a pen and paper down to write some other things because I'm gonna give you some really important and easy things that you can do to alleviate your low back pain. Now, no one. In, the first thing you need to know is nobody is immune from hurting their backs. Even the guys that say, I'm really strong, I have a strong back. I thought that myself, um, I ended up with a little bit of a chronic issue, uh, partially due to my, the sports that I pick, but if I take care of myself and do the right combination of exercises and stretches, which we'll talk about too, it's zero problem. Now, the specific type of low back injury or low chronic low back issue that we're talking about today isn't the kind of injury you might attain. Uh, the first time I hurt my back is when I was um, deadlifting a significant amount. Then I had a friend of mine come to my gym door, start knocking and saying hi, and I rotated my head to see what was going on at the top of my deadlift like an idiot and ended up straining my uh, my low back or specifically my, my QL, um, a muscle in my low back. And I had to rehab myself over time to improve that. But we're talking about a chronic issue, which is usually tied in to the glutes either being weak or tight and overly active hip flexors. Now, when I talk about hip flexors, those are the muscles that lift your knee up and down. Uh, most of you that are listening probably have some idea about what their hip flexors are, but if you know a little bit about the anatomy, and the idea is that it'll help you to understand where those muscles are and why they kind of uh, in, can irritate your low back and kind of give you a dull soreness in your low back. Now, this is all ringing a bell or you have this issue, play close attention because we're about to give you some easy solutions, a little bit of a plan, which I highlight in my coaching series. So you can go there for more information if you need it. But here we go. So um, I see this type of chronic issue, particularly my friends who do jujitsu with me. I see them foam rolling for extended periods of time before they train. Um, you can see postural changes over time and actually changes in muscularity and lifting potential. So I start to pull them aside and said, hey, your back's hurting you. Uh, let me give you some help. And said, how'd you know that? And you can tell after being in the business for a significant amount of time, you start to read bodies and mechanics. I see it a lot as well in my runners and my triathletes, as well as my swimmers. Now, what plagues a lot of active individuals is this hip flexor or overactive hip flexors, and then that tends to lead to either some tightness or some weakness in the glutes. Today, we're gonna to talk about three things that you can do to alleviate that low, dull low back soreness. The first thing is you need to do your mobility work. So I'm gonna highlight four different things that really narrow down what things you need to do to start calming down the low back and the hip flexors. Now, the classic forward fold where you just lean forward and hang down is very, very effective for stretching out the hamstrings and the low back. But remember, you have to know a little bit of anatomy about the hip flexors. The hip flexors, if I were to cut you open, scoop out your guts, they would lie on the very lowest part of your back, the origin, and they would insert on top of the, the femur, uh, on top of the leg bone that, to help lift it up. So if you know where that is, you can see why it can cause low back pain, and doing a ton of forward folds might not alleviate that. 
That being said, you need to make sure you have a balanced stretching or mobility routine. So the classic forward fold, if you find yourself very, very tight, I usually put my really tight individuals, um, lean their rears standing up against the wall, and then lean forward and keep a little bend in the knees if they need to, whatever allows you to relax into the stretch. Okay, now going in from there, we start focusing on the glutes as well as the hip flexors. So for the hip flexors, my two favorite are just a classic lunge stretch. Now what people tend to mess up on a lunge stretch, and this is a position where you're kneeling on one knee and leaning forward, driving the hips uh, forward to create a stretch on the front of the back leg. Now what I tend to see is an exaggerated arch in the low back. So don't do this, guys. Keep the core slightly engaged so it controls the arch in the low back. Because in the end, if you're letting that low back arch excessively, you're just giving in to that tight hip flexor. So we want those hips slightly tucked under, navel slightly pulled in as you do your lunge stretch to start to ease into that hip flexor. Now, always remember, I recommend low intensity and duration stretches. If you just jump into a stretch, uh, most likely the muscle's gonna find a way not to get stretched and you're gonna end up potentially injuring yourself. So low, low load, give it some duration. If you have the time, 45 seconds to a minute per side, even better if you can add more time. Now one of the easiest stretches for tight guys with tight glutes is my, what I call an S stretch. Now this is like sitting uh, what my uh, students call uh, crisscross applesauce or legs cross, what we used to call uh, Indian style when we were growing up. I know that's not politically correct, but I do remember that growing up. Um, this is like sitting with one leg bent in front of you and you take the other leg behind you in a similar, like a classic hurdler stretch. Um, the goal here is to create kind of an S pattern with your legs. And then this allows you to sort of lean forward on the leg that, the knee that's in front of you. Now what's good about this stretch is I can get incredibly limber guys to do this, as well as guys that are really, really inflexible. If you sit on the floor with your legs crossed and your knees are pointing up, you are pretty tight. So you gotta make sure we find variations that work. If you just sit in that position, that S stretch position, and you are getting a stretch without leaning forward, you don't need to lean forward to get it. And you should feel this in the rear of that front leg. If it's significant, you can actually prop pillows under the abdomen as you lean forward to ease into the stretch. So that's the S stretch. S stretch is a variation of a pigeon pose. And pigeon pose is used a lot in yoga, but the problem with that is a lot of people can't get into that position because they're tight. So I like to take the pigeon pose that's done in yoga, and this is the similar, again, sitting sort of in that uh, um, half legs cross position. Instead of pushing the other leg straight back, I like to do this on a box. And this is one of my favorite ways to do it. It's, I call it a box pigeon. You're gonna pull your leg up as if it's in that leg cross position, but you're gonna prop it up on a box, a chair, a couch, a bed. Now, depending on your height, use pillows, cushions to make it easy. Now, what I like about this is that everyone can do it, especially if you're using cushions and pillows. I keep in my facility a couple of blankets so I can prop the knee to get some support. You can do it without support if you're really tight, but I tend to a lot of people tend to feel it in their knee if it's not supported. So ease into this stretch 
and make it so that you can relax into it and then you feel it in the musculature and not in the joint of the knee or your ankle in some cases I see. So that's our box pigeon pose. Now one of the easiest, this is the fourth, that I like to use particularly post-exercise with my guys or at night before they end up going to bed. I like just a hip flexor stretch off the edge of the bed. Now this seems Overly simplistic, but it's incredibly effective, particularly if you're do, relaxing, reading a book, um, watching a little TV. Lay so that your body is on the edge of the bed so that you can hang one leg off of the side. Now you can bend that leg so that there's a little traction on the front of the hip. And again, remember that you want the abs slightly engaged with those hips tucked under. So if you're truly trying to relax, you can actually prop some pillows and lay on it so that you're in that position. If you're very passive through your low back, you can end up with an excessive arch in your low back and end up straining your low back. Now, most of the guys I know are, are taller than me, so they're actually not gonna see this. When I hang my leg off the edge of our bed, I usually can get a pretty significant amount of traction because only my toe is touching, but I'm a pretty short guy. Most guys that are five, seven plus, they'll probably have to bring the bottom foot under you just slightly so that we're opening that leg up and we can get into that hip flexor. Again, low load. Give it some duration. In some cases, I recommend my clients um, work on holding this for five minutes at a time, and then they can relax, go to sleep, and oftentimes if they're really overactive hip flexors when they wake up in the morning, I might lay them on a heating pad um, for their low back. Remember, you still can contact and warm up the hip flexors that way. And then they do their, their uh, hip flexor off the edge of the bed stretch before they get up out of bed and start moving. If those hip flexors start to get involved, you're going to find yourself wanting to lean forward. Lean forward, pitching your torso forward and not using, and this is where we get a problem, not using your glutes to walk because it sends to exacerbate your pain. And that's going to lead us into section number two, uh, your rehab work or prehab, a lot of times I call. I, I recommend exercises before people are injured. If they have a predisposition or they have a back pain, I usually will say, okay, time to do your prehab. They walk in, I catch up with what's going on in their lives, and they're doing their prehab work, which is lighter, uh, basic body weight movements to try to make sure the muscles are working. So I alluded to before, if you have overly tight hip flexors and your hamstrings are overly tight, and you'll start to pitch your body forward in a compensatory, or comp you'll compensate and you end up kind of walking funny. And you'll actually look around and say, gosh, I wonder if people notice. People notice, but people notice, the people that notice are the ones that work in the field. Most people are just, you just look like everyone else, so don't worry about that. But this is the glutes essentially shutting down and not wanting to contract because it's sending an, a message to the low back. Remember, the body wants a path of least resistance. Don't do that, it hurts. But you have to re-establish the proper function of the muscle to get your mechanics back. So if you have low back pain, feel yourself leaning forward. Some of the things I'm going to talk about right now should help the function. Now, I always say this in my podcast and I say it to my clients and I say it to my friends. Rarely is doing nothing the best choice. Start off with some light maneuvers, some light mobility. Keep yourself within a tolerance of discomfort. If you have significant back pain, go see a doctor. Don't be trying this if you tried to deadlift 500 pounds and you shot your discs into the back of the wall. Um, but if you have some chronic, a little low back pain, let that be your guide. If you're exacerbating things and it's getting worse, go see a doctor, please. All right, so the first thing that I like to do 
Um, and this is one of my favorite exercises to do when clients come in is just a simple bent leg bridge. So, and this is the whole point is here is to get the glutes to uh, start working or firing is a common term. Get the glutes to start working before you start, exp especially if you're having issues with the glutes not working and you want to just walk in and start squatting, well, chances are your body's not going to be ready. So lay down on your back before you start your activities. Keep Bend the knees to about 90 degrees. Drive the heels into the ground and lift the hips up and down. Now, it sounds very, very simple when I describe it like that. And you can easily Google the matter and get literally thousands of evidence for this. What I'm trying to tell you is to find that mind-muscle connection. Don't do it mindlessly. See if you can find your glutes throughout this movement. I have plenty of people that come in and do this. And I'll ask them after their first set. Where'd you feel it? And they usually only talk about the hamstrings or the low back. And that's usually my sign that the glutes aren't functioning correctly. Or, I mean, you could easily say the glutes are weak. So whether it's weak, tight, not firing, those are all the same terminology amongst professionals these days. Firing is very uh, a word that people are using very often right now, and I tend to use it um, intermixed with weak. But if I feel like someone has a fragile ego, I'll just say, oh, they're not firing. So when you're doing your bent leg bridge, make sure you're lifting your hips up and down. Do multiple sets. Drive through the heels. Uh, visualize the navel slightly pulled in and use the glutes. All right, number two, and this is a classic movement that I do with my, have been doing with my gymnasts, my young adults, and my adults for the last 20 years, and it's a basic calisthenic, and it's just, I call it an arch up, a lot of people call it a free fall. You lay down on the floor with the arms extended out in front of you and the legs extended out behind you, and you gradually arch the back. Again, letting your letting your pain be your guide here. Now the goal again is to make sure you have a priority on feeling it not only in your low back and hamstrings but the glutes and make sure they're extending your hip back. Now if you feel any of this and you don't feel like it's working the right areas, go back to your mobility work before you start. If those hip flexors are overly tight, they're not gonna let, wanna let the glutes work and contract as you extend your body up. So the classic arch up is another one that I use pretty often. Now, as you start to get create issues with your low back, you start to see changes in your potentially in the curvature or the position of your spine. And so one of the most important things to make sure you keep good position and keep everything where it's working the way it should is to keep a good strong core. Core is a very popular word, but let's core, lower abs is really what it comes down to. And that'll control or help control the position of your hips or pelvis. So one of my favorites is the is a variation on the classic leg lift. Uh, classic leg lift or flutter kicks are very popularized, especially with my SEAL team guys. They did so many flutter kicks, they don't even want to hear the word flutter. But a variation on this is a really clean contraction of the abdom lower abdominals. So lay down on your back. If you're really tight, your legs don't have to be straight. Do not put your hands under your low back. That's usually my first sign that you're not controlling the position of your pelvis. If you have to create a lumbar block or stick your hands under your low back to do this movement, it means your abs are already failing and the pelvis is tipping as soon as your legs move. So legs are held above uh, your body, hips are down. You're going for, from about 90 degrees to about 45 degrees. So you're lowering the legs. Now, as you lower the legs, and this is the difference. Again, you can Google this and get thousands of people doing leg lifts. Uh, without their shirt on. Now, for this one, you want to be proficient at what you're doing. Do the leg lift from 90 to about 45, but all the while actually thinking about keeping your navel slightly pulled in and the low back in contact with the floor. 
Now that's the trick. If you start to feel even a gentle change in pressure, and especially if you have some chronic issues in your low back, your range of motion is too big. In some cases, I have some clients who come in that have significant discomfort and have an issue with this. It's literally a two-inch movement to keep the movement clean and in the low abs. And after all, if you're doing your ab work, the goal is to feel it in your abs, not your hips, not your low back. So this is a great way to isolate the lower lower abdominals, and that will in turn have a positive impact on the position of your hips and keep you pain-free. Now, those are the three that I want to talk about that you can add before you act your, add your activities or sports. Now, two that I like that actually require some equipment that I use are reverse hypers and GHD. Now, the GHD is incredibly effective, but you have to ease in and understand your body. Don't go into an excessive arch on a GHD and don't go into an excessive arch on a hyper, reverse hyper. And a reverse hyper can be done with body weight and some simple equipment as well. Uh, GHD, I like to do it more like a back extension for people that, because it'll block the hips and minimize the amount of extension in their spine. I can easily tell, give them a stop and starting point. If you're doing a classic GHD, oftentimes the goal is, it's a glute ham developer, but most people will do it for hamstrings. So if you're curling up and really extended out uh, and it's isolating the hamstrings, that's a little bit different. Modify the machine for the purpose of making sure your glutes and your low back and your hamstrings are simultaneously getting some work. The second you're feeling it being dominated by one of the two that are not uh, your glutes, then I think if you have a low back issue, you probably need to modify it. Um, a reverse hypers can be done uh, over a Swiss ball holding on to uh, something fixed. I like to do it with a lot of clients that are in significant pain just with body weight and a, and one, a Swiss ball. So they'll lay their abdomens on, reach out and grab uh, my half rack or a power rack. And then from here, they lift their legs extended up and off the floor just so that their body's getting to, to their legs are getting you know, parallel with their body or in line with their body, that is. And... We're warming up, again, glutes, hamstrings, low back simultaneously. So those are my three rehab or prehab exercises that you should do. Now, I love to go to this part because it's a strength part. Everyone should strength train. Even if you're a cardio, a cardio athlete or endurance athlete, you should be doing strength training. My jiu-jitsu guys, I recommend you strength train just because it keeps things working the way they should. Not necessarily to get the biggest, bulkiest muscles. Remember, it's all about function. And what we once to used to get in our everyday life, um, we're no longer getting. If you're lifting people, that's great. But I think uh, some basic maneuvers of two to three times a week are going to pay off huge dividends, particularly if you really enjoy your sport and, want, and see yourself doing it long term. So strength training. I'm going to co go over a few things that are my favorites to make sure we keep the hip flexors open and make sure we're getting the glutes to fire, which ultimately um, is important to develop strength in the gluteals and keep them flexible. So my first one we're going to talk about is a single leg Bulgarian squat. And this sounds very fancy. If you're working out and you know what this is, this is awesome. But one of my pet peeves is the setup. Most people will set themselves up to really keep that leg back. So a Bulgar if you don't know what a Bulgarian squat is, it's standing on one leg. And let's say, for example, you're standing in front of your bed. You take the back leg and extend it behind you so that the foot or some part of the shin is resting on the leg as you descend down in what looks like a lunge position. 
Now, the single leg Bulgarian squat is incredibly effective for developing glute and thigh uh, power. Um, it's great for balance and stability, and that's why it's on this list. But the setup is important. If you have really tight hip flexors, guys, you need to watch the height that you're setting up the back leg because then the hip flexors are going to talk to you and you'll contort your body again pitching forward the torso. If you find yourself not being able to keep your torso in one position, a small incline forward, maybe 15, uh, 10, to, 10 to 20 degrees at the most, but if you're bending over 45 degrees so that your chest is on your thigh, your back leg is too high and your, and your hip flexors are too tight to allow that range of motion. So swallow your ego and lower that position till your hip flexors calm down. Then you'll get a, you'll couple a great movement with a light stretch throughout the movement and the hip flexors will calm down. So the single leg Bulgarian, and you can obviously do body weight or progress from dumbbells to a barbell. That's actually my favorite. And then moving on to a, a goblet squat. Now I like this variation of squat because it's front loaded uh, and you can hold either a kettlebell or dumbbells. And most people, even if they work out at home, have some equipment so you can actually get a pretty good result, get a little dynamic stabilization. You get stabilization of your torso because you're holding a weight in front of the body as well as using the arms to stabilize it and keep it there. So this is where you hold a dumbbell um, you, or a kettlebell in front of the body, usually a kettlebell held at the top part of the handle. If it's a dumbbell, you're holding one side so that one, one side is hanging down under uh, by your elbows. And the from here, it's a mirrors a front squat position. Um, we'll go into depth on squat another day, but if you're in discomfort in your low back, start off light and descend what you feel comfortable. The second you feel that you're exerting your back purely, you still got to go back to your mobility. But this is a great way to start building up strength at a very light. I, I keep three pound dumbbells and in my gym and routinely make grown men cry using those three pounders. As a matter of fact, most guys are smart enough to know when they bring out the three pounders, they go, okay, we're doing something really hard. Uh, because we can put and isolate weak areas of the body and we don't need much weight to work on it. We just need technique. So the goblet squat is great. Now, if you have significant, a little more significant pain and the goblet and the Bulgarian seem like, oh, there's no way I can do that. I like to use a, my TRX for an unloading squat. Now, an unloading squat is just a variation of a squat. What I like about it is you can lift less than body weight for a squat. So a lot of people that are recovering from knee or hip issue, uh, surgeries, I like to rehab them using an unloading squat. So you take a hold of the handles on the TRX with the arms straight and you have a varying amount of lean in the body. But for the most part, I'm looking for about anywhere between 25 and, and 45 degrees in some cases so that we get a nice contraction and unloading of the body. As you lean back and descend down, the TRX takes away a little of your body weight because you're holding onto the handles. And this allows people that might have an injury to gradually build up to body weight. The nice thing about this with someone with a low back issue is that it unloads and stretches the back and the arms simultaneously. So you get it, the deeper you go, the bit greater the stretch in the low back. So it's a great way to warm up as well. And you can actually partially be included on the list of 
of prehab exercises, but I put it in here because it is still a squat and it's standing. Most of my rehab work for the low back, I like to keep people on the ground. So the TRX squat is great. Get some reps, get some reps and sets before you start going into your other movements. If you're a little more significant discomfort, don't move on until you feel warmed up and pain free. Now, deadlifts are on this list, and I have a lot of people with significant uh, back issues, and they always tell me, oh, I don't want to deadlift, it's bad for my back, and that's a little bit old school. One of the best ways to get rid of your blow back pain is make sure you deadlift, but you're deadlifting correctly and using the right mus musculature. Now, if you have glutes that are weak or not firing, right, and you go to pick an object up off the floor, that's a problem. Are you going to feel it in your back? Heck yeah. So make sure that when you're picking up and you're picking up the barbell off the ground and you're deadlifting that you're warmed up and stretched and the muscles are working correctly. A good sign, I always when I step up to the bar whether I'm doing a conventional conventional deadlift or even my sumo, I still always think glutes first, glutes first, glutes first cuz everything falls into synchrony. When I lift it, it doesn't take much. In some cases, people with, that I have, uh, my guys, maybe, let's see, one guy in particular I'm thinking about, he's about 170 pounds, triathlete, has chronic back issues, um, which stem from, you know, the staying in a drop of the arrow bars for extended periods of time, as well as the running. But he deadlifts only a portion of his body weight, I'd say 65 to 85 pounds. But as long as we're doing that, Every time he comes in, we can actually increase the load over time, peak out in his off-season, and then taper off and keep him pain-free. So understand your on and off-season, understand the demands on your body, and keep these movements in. Don't ignore them because you will start to have issues. So deadlifts are on that list, but make sure you feel it in the glutes. I obviously like, if you have significant discomfort, start off with your sumo stance because you get a little more hips. But work into the conventional because you want to work on making your weaknesses your strengths. Make that, make those muscles work, make the glutes work in synchrony the way they're supposed to and that'll help you when you play your sports. Now you need a significant amount of good core work, but if you check out my other podcasts on my favorite core exercises, um, we'll cover some of those, but I'll talk a little bit about the importance of bracing. Uh, you can do crunches, guys, but I think it's more important that you work on bracing your uh, internal external obliques and your transverse, which are your deep muscles of your abdominal wall. So learn to do pal-off presses and wheels, um, take a kettlebell over your head and around like you're doing halos, and you'll start to learn bracing techniques. I like to use a landmine, which I get from Sornex um, very, very often. There's not a day goes by that we don't do that I don't do counterlateral flexion for your for obliques for a lot of my clients, and it transfers a lot more functionally. And remember, the body's a system. So we start having issues with one area, it's gonna create a cascade all the way in up, up and down the body. So that's it, guys. We talked about mobility, rehab and prehab, and strength. Thanks for following me. I'm getting lots of great responses. I appreciate that. Let me know what you want to hear about. And if you need some coaching, come to my website at nomadswithapurpose.com. My coaching series teaches all this and much, much more. Thanks a lot.